What's up, bro? What's up, man? How you doing? Good, good. I, I wasn't sure if you had remembered. Yep. Good, bro. I was just um playing some Grand Theft Auto. You know, take the edge off. Yeah. And, uh, it's like junk food for the brain. You know, you just play a video game and chill. I've been playing Counter-Strike and uh, got my son into it. He, he stays here with me, but he also stays with his mom. But when he's with his mom, we're still bonding. You know what I mean? Like we're playing together. We're talking yeah. crap. We're joking around. So it's got that unexpected side effect that it's keeping us closer while we're gaming and playing with each other, which is neat. I, I only picked it up in the last few weeks because I this is the longest break I've had uh, and since we joined the Air Force, like years, I literally, I've been off for six months, bro. Just wow. kind of because oh, of COVID. Be, I was going to say, is it because of COVID? And... Yeah, so everything we do is online. It's all virtual. I'm in a, in a program right now for, uh, so when you make major, if you're in the top 10 to 15%, they'll select you for developmental programs where you could go get a master's degree or you could do what I'm doing like what I'm doing is highly competitive but they'll take those people and farm them out and it's usually a 12-month program because it's aligned with a master's program but I'm not in a degree program so basically the first six months I'm in a holding pattern until Congress reconvenes in January so they usually will send us to a random agency like State Department um any of the combatant commands so if, if you're familiar with the commands that are in charge of different regions throughout the world so central command they they run like stuff in iraq and afghanistan or indo pacom which is indian pacific command so it's all asia so we'll work with different people for six months i was supposed to work with dhs the mm -hmm. department of homeland security specifically their agency called CISA, so the, the cybersecurity agency, but I never ended up working with them because of COVID. It just has completely disrupted a lot of things as far as like the interagency cooperation, because, you know, I'm DOD, DHS is separate, so I can't just roll in there and start working for them just because I'm in the federal government. Like they, they were trying to make an agreement between Air Force and them, it just took so long. So the whole time I've been at home, working out, working on this house, attending conferences and doing wow. the stuff that, that we're supposed to do in the meantime. Like we attend some courses at Georgetown for congressional, for legislative studies. So that way, when you show up to Congress, you kind of have a clue. You're not complete, completely out there, you know? The city of New York, Boricua from the Bronx. We kind of just went into it, man. Hey, my name is Angel Rodriguez, and this is NYCTalking.com. This is my man, my man, Lou Maldonado. Yo, we introduce yourself real quick. Let's let's do that. Yeah, cool, cool. Yeah, so um, this is actually the first time I've I've done a, an interview with someone, and I'm actually excited to be here, Lou Maldonado. Angel and I go back, watch. 1996 or so we were on delayed enlistment for the air force and then both in the bronx obviously and then in 1997 we both went to basic training so long time ago doesn't feel that long but yeah. so you as you know we joined the military a lot of us only do four to four years five six years i chose to stay in for my entire adult life so i've been doing this <laughs> For 23 years plus, going on 24 years now, I've been on active duty, and it's been a blast, you know. But we we obviously share that upbringing in the Bronx, so that's what kind of catapulted me into this profession because the growing up in New York was rough, so I needed that's to get to out say, of there. To say but, the least, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. To say so, the least. Here we are. I mean, we're just um, catching up, you know, yeah. in the era of COVID, virtual interview, just chatting, and um, just happy to be here. It's cool. Yeah, yo, it's been a long time. I mean, the last time I think we spoke in person, it was 
I think it was after boot, just after boot when we were just getting back or no, I think you came over to see my sister because that's how we met through my sister. Y'all were friends from school. My recollection is either that or what What do you call that room where you can go and get vending machines outside? You remember? It was the, the patio. It's the patio. <laughs> that was, so they had that was, <laughs> we saw each so, other there once during basic. We went in 23 years ago. So it's been a long time, man. I mean, I've yeah. stayed. I've stayed connected with you online and I see what you've been doing. You've had a, a, a really good run with the Air Force, man. You you made it to chief, right? On the enlisted side, if I'm not mistaken. Not quite. So so I I made it to senior master sergeant. It's the okay. rank right below chief. Yeah, 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 yeah. So you know, I, I would say that coming from the Bronx and not having a lot to fall back on, I joined the Air Force with that with some ambition, you know, to do, make a better life for myself. So I kind of blasted through the ranks and then around yeah. 11 years or so, I, I chose to become an officer. So I went through basic training again, this time three months though. So oh. back in 2009 and commissioned as a Lieutenant. So not very many people from the Bronx. In fact, I, I may have met a dude about a year ago, a Dominican guy who's mm. a navigator in the Air Force who went through ROTC in Manhattan College or something. But I don't think I've ever met any other person that's an officer from, from the Bronx. So, yeah, yeah. Plus, but not only just an officer, right? You, you, can't, uh, you can't leave out the part about blasting through the, uh, the, the enlisted ranks because that's, that's a whole different breed of officer, right? You know, um, I mean, when I was in and we were going through uh, boot camp and we'd see those guys in the, you know, like the, the nice colors and stuff, marching, the guys who were going to be officers, you know, our, our, our training instructors used to mess with them. You know, they used to kind of march us towards them, <laughs> you know, yeah, like, if we were gonna, <laughs> like we were going to run them over and stuff. So, you know, they have to earn their respect, whereas you're coming from the enlisted side and you've got, you know, you've, you've seen your masters, are, you know, that's way up there, you know? So I got out senior airman and you were already tech when I got out, if I recall correctly. So you, you know, it, it's, that's, that's definitely a huge accomplishment, man. I, I mean, that's no joke. And then, yeah. you know, now you're in the officer side doing good things, man. So definitely representing for the Bronx and the air force. You know? Yeah, no doubt. And so, so I would say that, of course, it's always a challenge, just the military lifestyle period. But so you you join, you're not sure if you're going to do more than one enlistment and then life happens. And so my wife and I, my wife's in the Air Force too, and we mm -hmm. have a little girl. So at the time, I decided the best thing to do was to stick around. So in the meantime, I just hit the books because that's how promotions work for Air Force. You, you take a test plus your evaluations get rated and, and based on a few other factors, they'll make a determination if they want to promote you at a given point. So I applied myself and it worked out for me, but I would say some people thought it was kind of crazy to go from E8 senior master sergeant to mm. lieutenant. It's a demotion, let's be honest. Like a lieutenant gets more respect. And when you look young, so I was 30 when I commissioned. So the, the term for prior enlisted, by the way, it's a Mustang. So, you know, the reason they call us Mustangs is because a Mustang is a wild horse. So you can't really break it in. You know, you, you take a Mustang and you try to break it in and domesticate it. It's always gonna have those moments of rebellion. It's gonna always kind of act out. And that's what some, I would say a lot of prior enlisted, you know, we're, we're set in our ways because we cut our teeth on working our way up, doing the job. Like you remember in basic training, I remember they had me painting bathrooms and cleaning toilets and stuff. They don't uh, picking, do that. Picking up little hairs yeah. from yeah. the pews <laughs> from the bathroom. Yeah. Officers don't do that. You know, like you walk in at the, at the, I would say that the second floor, Whereas enlisted, you start in the basement. <laughs> you got to yeah. work your way up. <laughs> so, so being a Mustang gave me that perspective of 
kind of earning earning my way moving moving up the ladder but at the same time because based on appearance right so people will see you and they'll assume that you're new to the military because you know hispanic people don't age right <laughs> <laughs> so that yeah. was kind of a challenge going from being so they didn't a, know like people didn't know like when you came into your new command or wherever you were at they didn't know oh, this is lou and you know he's a you know former senior and you know he's you know they don't not, ne not necessarily i mean some some do know but the air force is big and it's small at the same time so if you're not working in the same circles or the same career field then you're gonna end up in a place where no one knows you and all they have to go go off of is your appearance and you're not walking around wearing your blues with all your ribbons so they see uh -huh. you in your at the time abu's airman battle uniform but when you were in it was the bdu yeah, yeah. So you don't wear anything. You know, you just have your career field badge, and if you, they can you didn't have you didn't have your prior one from you. You have the star, yeah. So I had the star in the wreath, which I I stayed in the same career field, intelligence. So they they know that I've been around, but in most cases, in many cases, they would say, "Hey, are you wearing the wrong badge?" And then you got to school them, and it's like, uh -huh. "Nah, bro." And what I, about um? Like, was your your Russian work also considered intelligence? Yeah, that's all intelligence. Oh, okay, okay, because I see. You're I working. See. You're working in that in that arena. I kind gotcha. of I'll just leave it at that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, fair, fair, fair. I got gotcha. you. Yeah, I mean, we have people in in the military that are proficient in foreign languages. You know, to be aware of. You know, what, so you you what's going on? You learned. Russian like straight through and after in tech school like did you actually learn Russian I always wondered if you actually learned Russian like <laughs> yeah yeah like, it was it was it was tough man like, <laughs> how long how long was it tech for that so the school for that is it's 12 months if wow. assuming you don't wash back so a lot of people don't even make it through the program they show up and I mean you have you have a variety of people you have officers who have degrees and you have airmen like airmen first class you know airmen basic and they're studying this language so it's based on your aptitude to learn a language in a high pressure environment so right now you're fluent in spanish mm. but you learn that at home at your own pace you are as a child too that's the as other a thing. child so yeah, big difference children are highly proficient <laughs> because yeah because they're uh, they're sponges right but as an adult, you go to the school and you have 12 months and it's like, hey, you either make it through these 12 months or you go and become security forces or some random job, you know, nothing against those jobs. It's just, right, right. You you're don't not going to choice. Stay, yeah. You don't have a choice. You're not going to stay in that profession, that career field because you need to meet that standard. So you do 12 months of that and then you go, once you... You never master the language, that's the thing, because it's challenging. But once you get through and you graduate that program, then you go for your five to six months of the actual intelligence work where you, you learn how to apply those skills you just learned. The OJT, yeah, yeah, yeah. I recall that too, kind of. Like after, after tech, they sent me to OJT. Um, yeah, this is before OJT, though. This is, this, you're not even... Oh, you're wow. not even in like you're still in technical training oh so, i see i see so then depending on your language that can range from total some total a year and a half it can range from a year if you go learn spanish because believe it or not we send people to learn spanish <laughs> with wow. as many people that yeah, i know spanish in this country that is crazy and it, then <laughs> at the extreme it would be say arabic or chinese mandarin and that's mm. uh 15 month program and then wow. then they go to additional training so you could be in school for close to two years total wow yeah those are tougher languages yeah wow that's crazy man i you feel that that was helpful in your your trajectory the the career path in I terms would say of so but so you, you went to dodge high school right yeah yeah so i went to walton high school so you already know 
how shitty the quality of education was. So you show up to a program like where you got to learn Russian or Korean or something. You can imagine how unprepared you're going to be for that because we don't, we don't have the academic foundation necessary. So, so the school is hard for anybody with an education who reads books. It's harder for people like me and you because we're barely trying to learn these $10 words in English because you got to translate them into Russian (laughs) or whatever, vice versa. So to basically the point of, of all that is that by going through something that intense and that challenging when you when you achieve that goal it actually sets you up for tougher goals because you're like man i I just graduated this program and i did pretty good at it so Mm. now sure it gives you that confidence to go on and get your four-year degree or apply for a special duty assignment in the air force or do something outside of your your comfort zone really is what it does right so definitely it definitely helped me with the trajectory well yeah it's it's, you're breaking it down real well because it's it's saying i can achieve this very difficult thing i can do anything you know that that's really i always when people ask me what i got out of the military I, i it was just in terms of career i don't feel like i gained much because they put me in a field that wasn't what I wanted. You know, I kind of, kind of got bamboozled by the recruiter and I ended up in a space that I wasn't interested in. So I was kind of like just getting by, right. I just wanted to do my job, do what I had to do, be responsible, but I had no um, goals of progressing in that area because I hated it. And I was trying to move to different areas and it was very difficult for me to do that. And part of the reason I got out was I couldn't move to an area that really interested me, but basic training at one point in basic training, I went from resisting, resisting, resisting. I hate this. Well, I hate this. I want to go home yeah. to where something clicked. And when that thing clicked that, that I kind of just said, okay, these are my circumstances. I cannot change them. There's nothing I can do. I, I, my, my best option is to go straight forward, be the best, be the best in, in, in what I can be and just get it done. And that lesson has stayed with me for, for sure. since then it stayed with me that simply, I don't want to use the word submitting because I don't think it was a submission in, in the sense of like giving up. It was more of an acceptance of what is and what is the best way to handle it and just, Cut the crap, get it done. You know. So there's a there's a saying that people in the military love to use, probably after your time. But embrace the suck. I remember that one. You just, <laughs> you, just, you just get to a point where you're like, well, shit, man, I'm stuck here, so might as well push because if if not, you're just making yourself more miserable. So, well, and, or you're going to be stuck or you're going to get washed back, you know, yeah. um, which, you know, you're going to get recycled in basic, you know, embrace the suck. I still use that in, in my, <laughs> my classes at the gym. When, when I see them giving up, I'm like, no, embrace it. Hug it, hug it, make out with it, do whatever. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's definitely, you know, the resiliency, right? The, so you can relate growing up in in the Bronx and experiencing all the hardships there. It makes you have very tough skin and and you learn to survive in different situations. Mm. But what I would say is when someone like you or I joined the military, those skills are beneficial, but they have their limitations because they're taking me and you out of our comfort zone, namely, we're in a world where it's all Hispanic, black people, a little bit of white people. They take you and they put you in a world where it's mostly white people, way different mm-hmm. from how you grew up. And you can't approach your problems the way you did back on the street. You right. can't invite somebody outside to <laughs> throw punches if you don't <laughs> agree with them. <laughs> so yeah. so that, that definitely, for me, took some getting used to, especially you know, being on active duty and not being away from home for an extended period because you have to learn to adapt. You can't, you can't act like you're still on the, on the block because that won't get you anywhere. Yeah. 
né? That, that, that was fairly easy for me because I was, um, you know, I was never one to, you know, like throw hands real quick. I wasn't, uh, I was more like a mellow, nerdy kid, you know? Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, so it wasn't difficult for me to adjust. It was just, I mean, I still carry it, you know, um, that as a matter of fact, we did a podcast a couple of days ago. Where we were talking about that that desire to punch someone in the face because because of your pride and your ego and your street, you know, but I was very good at not acting on it. So like, you know, you might come up to me and start a problem and yeah, I want to punch you in the face, but I kind of just would try to hash it out because I'm always thinking of consequences, you know, um, even when I was young, I always thought of the consequences back then it was different, right? Like now, my consequences are I could get sued, I could get locked up. Um, yeah. You know, back then the consequences were whenever I got the best of somebody, I got jumped. So when I would get into a fight and if I start beating them up, then I would get jumped. Or I end up with a blade on my neck or I end up with a gun pointed at me. Yeah. The consequences were different, but I was always aware of that. You know, like, you know, I'm probably just better off just let this guy hurt me. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's tough, man. It's tough. I, I still struggle with that, man, to this day, to be honest, to yeah, this day. I definitely know where you're coming from. For me, it escaping, you know, my, my favorite city, my hometown, it was more so trying to avoid repeating the cycle that everyone in my family had done. Like, so everyone in my family handled their problems with their hands. I've seen my family throw down with people in front of me. Like if you know um, Malali Park, right? Yeah, in, yeah. On Jerome Avenue, that's where I grew up. You know how in the summer, the island dudes from like um, Trinidad and all that, they have their barbecues and, and it's real loud. And so I remember my family one time fighting with those dudes because they got pissed that my aunt was leaning on their car. So, oh. so that's how I was raised to for better or for worse hey somebody yeah. disrespects you let them knock them out yeah and you that doesn't work in the military like it, it kind of I, I take that back in the 90s it kind of worked a little bit <laughs> you know like when i first joined it was a little bit more old school but nowadays i mean it's no way you can't you can't even like curse somebody out you know it's it's just a different different culture nowadays don't want to say it's better or worse but you you have to learn the art of of leadership, emotional intelligence, right? Figuring mm -hmm. out what makes someone tick. You can't just revert to your your instinct. Yeah, yeah. Based on it's always there. It's always there, <laughs> but you know, you know, even even I say I was kind of like nerdy and whatever, but the that that uh whatever it is is there. And then and a lot of times, you know, I was I was walking I was walking on uh, on Queens Boulevard here and there was five dudes posted up and I just, I saw them and my instinct was if I go around them, they're going to think I'm soft. So I just went right through them. So they saw that as a provocation. But again, it's it's the street in me that says, you know, um, if you go the, the, the passive route, they're going to hurt you. They're going to think you're soft. So I went the more of like, like I'm walking through you guys and what? And then one of the cats says something and I turned around and now I'm thinking again, consequences. I'm like, damn, you know, it would have been easier for me to just walk around this dude. But now I got five dudes and I got to, and I turned around and I said, what's up, man? And he said, yo, you should have walked around. And I was like, nah, man, you don't own the streets. And he just, he was just shocked. He was like, so what's up? And you know, they're all looking at me. I'm like, what's up? At that point, he's like, nah, we good. We good. And I walked away, you know, but had that escalated, I would have gotten my ass whooped. There's no way I was going to, you know, <laughs> there was no way I was going to be able to take these five guys on. They were as big as I am, you know, and I could have gotten stabbed. I could have gotten shot. It just was a, a bad situation. But for that moment, I, I don't know if it's ego. I don't know what it was. I just was like, I'm not going in the street for these cats, you know? Yeah. I, well, New York has that jungle mentality. It's very primitive yeah, <laughs> if, if, you don't, if you don't stand up for yourself, man, they're going to steamroll you. And I think that's cool to, but to a fault, like you can't, you can't just yeah. default to, Hey, I'm going to go 
throw throw the hands and and handle my business with you like that doesn't work in a professional setting granted the military is a very alpha male i would say alpha male dominated profession so me being in the air force that's all cool and dandy but for 23 years i haven't just worked with the air force you got to work with the army you got to work with the marines you got to work with the navy yeah i've seen they all bring their own they, they bring their own cultures and I would say of all the services, the Air Force tends to be the more docile, kind of chill mode, trying to be more cerebral with handling problems. Whereas Army is way more like drop or way more aggressive, way more blunt, which I respect based on my upbringing. But right, right. that approach doesn't work in the Air Force, depending on your your unit so if you're working special operations you can be more like that but if you're just working straight intel you can't come at those dudes like that because they're gonna they're gonna write a letter about (laughs) (laughs) so it's just having that ability that dynamic leadership ability to adjust to who you're dealing with but conflict is everywhere right conflict is at home it's just a little more primal conflict is in the office, there's always going to be conflict. Right, right. It, well, it, in the professional environment, you got to be different. You know, like I, I handle things with a more delicate touch, and I learned that very early on. I want to say within maybe my first year, second year at Deutsche Bank, I was already getting those lessons of how to handle these things, and I'm much more diplomatic now. You know, um, mm-hmm. in in terms of uh, work, you know. Um, and, and generally on the street, I avoid trouble. But for some reason, those five dudes just, they brought out that that thing in me to say, like, like you know, I'm going to challenge you. I'm not going in traffic to avoid you. You know, I just got mad. I don't know what happened. I just got mad and I just went right through them. But it's the street. But it wasn't a smart thing to do. You know, it, you know it just wasn't a smart thing to do. And, and I think back on it, you know what, now I, I – I walk around. I, I, I just don't want to put myself in that situation. But I don't know what it's happened sad. that day. <laughs> I just got, you know, I just got mad because they were, it was like they were looking at me like, I dare you to walk through. It, yeah, was, it's, not, <laughs> it's not worth it, bro. So, so I, I just thought of a story of when I, I used to go to New York with my brother-in-law. Who's, so I'm 5'11 and he's like 6'2", 6'3". He's in the Air Force too. He's in MTI oh. actually. Down oh, in oh. so he just actually wrapped up his time there as an mti but back in the day when we were you know you're like super proud of being in the military so you wear your dog tags and i would i would keep mine in my shirt but you know how the dog tags have the the necklace the metal thing yeah, that yeah. looks like what the dts wear what the detectives oh right, wear. right 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 so right he and i he and i would have the haircuts we'd have like the oakley oh, yeah, you yeah. look like <laughs> We looked like cops. It was hilarious. So we'd be walking around like Manhattan and stuff. You see the dudes with the three card money and stuff. And they would they would see us walking up and they would run away like because <laughs> they yeah. thought we were cops. And, oh and I'm goodness. like, why is everybody running from us? And then I realized, I'm like, oh, because they can probably see like the little, the dog tags. They don't realize that the dog tags, they think it's like a detective yeah, the badge. badge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's New York is definitely a different place. You know, the, the way people approach things. I, when I walk around there, I don't make eye contact for too long with people. You you give them that that half a second look, like yeah, yeah I'm not a chump, but I'm not yeah, trying yeah. to start nothing with you either. Just leave me alone, and I'll leave you alone. Yeah, like this yeah. this unspoken agreement yeah. that you have to i see you i know you're there I, I acknowledge you it's cool as long as you're cool you know yeah, just don't don't fuck with me man <laughs> yeah yeah pretty much all there you know hey I'm, I'm i'm grateful now that you know as older and stuff i don't really have too much too many problems and stuff and things like that don't happen much but new york is is getting kind of wild right now man i don't know if you've been following yeah you know you know, it's been it's been getting kind of wild. You 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 in DC now? Are you even allowed so, to say? Um, or <laughs> I don't yeah, I don't yeah. want to ask you anything. No, I am. So I'm in right outside of DC, like ten minutes away in Northern Virginia. 
So that's where I'm living. So I don't live in the city, in the district. The district has, it has its own crime and a lot of stuff. I don't live anywhere near that. But even here where I live, there's, there's carjackings and there's stupidity, you know, once in a while. You're, 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 you're living in a civilian spot or you're, you're, what's, what's, how's, how do they handle that nowadays? Like, they, they give you a so, house or you, you get your own house? Like, what's the deal with, uh, it's pretty, it's voluntary if you want to live on base. Most people don't, though, unless oh. they have low income based on your rank. So, usually, I would say over my whole time in, I've been 50-50, either buy a house or rent a place. It depends on the market on where you're moving to. So mm. in Florida, for example, I wanted I was stationed right on the water. So I wanted to live on the water. But uh. buying a house wasn't financially feasible because you got to buy flood insurance and all that. And that was not worth it. So we rented a house there. But here in D.C., because if you stay in long enough, you make colonel eventually you're going to keep coming back here it just makes sense to own a house mm. so we ended up getting a house here right, cool yeah it's pretty cool yeah I, I mean i look i look at you and i have one other friend who went went to tech school with me who's also stayed in i think he's also a major now you know that you guys have have made careers out of it and i always i always kind of like wonder what it would have been like you know um I went straight reserve and um, I tried to switch to active duty, but the, my unit wouldn't let me because they paid for my school. They paid for everything. So I, I had to stay attached to the unit, but I always wonder what it would have, you know, because after that clicking moment where I kind of accepted, I started to really thrive in the military, you know? Mm-hmm. So I look at you guys, I live vicariously through you <laughs> and my boy Onesco in terms of the military career. <laughs> yeah, I would say, you know, I I would say every choice that you make in life, it, it's it's for the best, right? So you didn't necessarily, I wouldn't say you necessarily made the wrong choice. I think the military is a different experience for everybody. Like right, I tell right. people, for example, in the last four years, my wife and I have moved. We're on, we went from Texas to Florida to Arizona to DC in four years. That's mm-hmm. a lot of moves. Most people yeah. don't want to do that. They don't want to up and move their whole house. Yeah, we're at that tough, point man. where we're kind of just used to that lifestyle. A lot of people don't like that though. Whereas some people, they they'll complain if they're somewhere too long they'll say oh well i've been stationed here five years and i want to move it's all dependent on your job but Mm. not everybody has the chops to stay in you know it's a marathon to stay in 20 plus years and there's nothing wrong with that there's nothing wrong with that you know i think people who do four years i think that's awesome because most people don't do shit most people well true that period so it's it's good you know it's not for everybody and for someone like me i don't i don't have a desire to work after the the air force oh yeah i was gonna ask you that yeah i was gonna ask you if you were planning no bro i'll do my 30 years (laughs) 30 plus maybe and then that's it that's it like enjoy that that time because there there's a lot of there's a lot of demands on on you as a person right so i've gone places for a year at a time there's separation from the family Mm. you miss birthdays you miss a lot of milestones and it's tough yeah you don't get that back yeah yeah you just don't get it back and and at that point i feel like shit i've been doing this since i was 17 i think i would like to enjoy my own freedom you know when i'm done just be my own person is, is, does something happen at 30 years? Is that something that happens specifically or that's just a time frame you set? It's, so it's a time frame because at, at 20 years, you get 50% of your base pay, right? But then every year after that, you get 2.5 additional percentage points. So by year 30, you get 75% of your base pay. Now, so, this, is, this is after retirement or that's just when you're done? No, when you're done, 
you get yeah. a paycheck for the rest of your life. Oh, regardless, you don't have to be 65 of, or whatever. It's just no, right after you're no, done. It, you oh, could be wow. 38. If you, if I had retired at 38 with 20 years in, hmm. then that check is for the rest of your life. Wow. <laughs> That's yeah, dope. That's Which at, at <laughs> so you're doing 30, you're doing 30, yeah. you're going to get 75%. It's almost like working full time and you could Pretty just, much. you could just chill. You could just chill. And it's a percentage of your your salary at your pay grade, at your rank. So if you're a lieutenant colonel or you're a colonel, 75% of that paycheck. It's a nice. So you're not going to be rich, but you're going to be, yeah. depending on where you decide to retire, like yeah. I would never go to New York City because I'd be right. broke. Yeah. can't yeah. afford that. But if you retire in somewhere like, I don't know, Tennessee or some random place, your money is going to go a long way because the cost of living is a lot lower. Right. Plus you, you own a house, right? So that's equity. That's money you have yeah. that you can actually use to For purchase sure. your home. Yeah. Yep. Man, that's, that's awesome, dude. That's, that's cool to hear, man. Like that's like, you're, you're going to be set, man. That's dope. That's the goal, bro. But that's what I, I try to tell the guys that have worked with me that have served with me you try to kind of educate them on some of those benefits, but at the same time, I don't try to guilt them into doing what I've done. It's like, Hey, this is what I chose to do. Right. I had my own reasons. Like I don't have, I don't come from a family with money. I'm not going to get an inheritance. You know, yeah. My dad's not a lawyer. So, so right, the things right. I'm working towards are the things that that's all you're I'm gonna getting. be the one. You're the one who's giving inheritance at some point. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know? I, I don't, you know, I I don't know if I if I had told you this. So I found my dad. He's in oh. the Bronx. You know, I never I never knew him. I met him. Oh wow! No, I did not know that. Yeah, no, so, I didn't know that. Yeah. So that dude's 84 years old. Like he he's old man. But he, you know, he's wow. fine. I talked to him and stuff. But for example, with him. I'm not inheriting anything from him. He lives in the projects on Park Avenue in the Bronx. Yeah. It's not the Park Avenue. <laughs> it's a different Park Avenue. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is the Park Avenue that you'll get fucking stuck up in, man. Like, so, so when you when you grow up with those circumstances, you you realize that everything depends on you and the family you make, you know, the person you marry or whoever you choose to live with. So that's it there's no it's almost like a reset right (laughs) it's it's like you're the starting point for your for your tree going forward i mean it's not to say i'm I'm speaking financially speaking in terms of being taken care of and stuff there's no you know it's the same for us right i mean for my family you know my dad Mm -hmm. you know like he didn't have money my mom didn't have money they bust their butt my mom busted butt to take care of us and she did what she had to do but the financial i don't want to say stability but things got better starting from me you know mm-hmm. the, the our generation right. you know like my kid probably won't have to worry too much like like you know he'll be better off than right. we were you know and that's how it should be it's his generation going you know his kids and your kids kids should all be in a better place than we are but our starting points were tough you know, yeah. just, just what it is, you know, whereas some of the folks that you may be talking to, maybe their parents are well off and they may not need to worry about these things, you know, yeah. just real, and, you know? Yeah. It's just the, the state of, I would say the state of America living in this country, there's, there are people who come from good means. There are people who don't, it's just the name of the game. And you, you play the hand that's dealt to you, right. You yeah. try to, do good things and in our case right i i I chose just like yourself to to leave that environment as much as i love new york and i didn't really want to leave it would have been nice to go to college and have a job there but it wasn't the best option because of the influences at the time in the 90s things were just a lot it was pretty violent back then and a lot crazier than today it seems like it's kind of going back to that but yeah that's kind of what it feels like these days man like yeah it's getting kind of crazy but it's 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 
you know, your personal choices really matter when, when you're, you know, cause I'm still in New York and, you know, I didn't get pulled into that stuff. I, I came close and I mean, I always think that there was a greater power looking out for me because there were times where, you know, I could have, I could have gotten into some really bad stuff. You know, yeah. I, I got involved with some really bad stuff that, yeah. you know, and maybe if I looked different, would have went down differently because one time I got caught, you know, I got caught like in a big, big gang fight, man. And I mean, I know you had a, as a matter of fact, you can, you can relate because you had your experience with the cops. Remember you were talking about that at one point. Yeah. Well, I had a run in with the cops too, but look at me, bro. You know what I'm saying? Like, like because of, and it's the only thing I could attribute it to the, the, the way I looked and the way I carry myself, the guy gave me a ticket and let me go. They could have arrested me. We were involved in a big freaking gang fight. It was a, yeah. I, I don't want to mention any, sets or anything but it was a big you know well i still live out here you know what i'm saying yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know i could still run into people man but there was this big opposing groups encounter and i got caught i got caught that time and the cop was kind of like you know what? just get out of here let me go and, and i wonder if that would have still been the case if i looked differently if i would have spoken differently you know i was just very respectful i was just just like, like, hey, you got me, man. He said, don't lie to me. Like, Listen, man, I ain't going to lie to you. Whatever you want to know, I'm going to tell you. We're cool. <laughs> you know? Hey, let me go. Yeah, yeah that could have yeah. went differently. They could have brought me up on a lot of stuff, you know, because um, it, it went nasty. It was yeah. crazy. And, and that's sadly, I would say sadly, that's one of, the, one of the main obstacles to people that grow up in the city, that grow up in New York or may, even other cities like Chicago, who knows? all these other cities, their encounters with law enforcement, sometimes mm-hmm. that, that makes a difference between you being able to join the military or make something of yourself or mm-hmm. having a stain on your record. And now you can't do anything because you have this, this occurrence that is now preventing you from being a, a good citizen, right? So... I think I definitely see where you're coming from. Yeah, yeah. For me, my encounters with cops, even in the Bronx growing up, you always get stopped by the cops there. You always get, I remember getting checked by them and all that, but I'm still here. So yeah, doesn't mean the system is okay, but I think being able to navigate it makes a big difference. Yeah. And unfortunately, that's not the case for everybody. Yeah, some people don't get the chance, but, you know, I got, like I say, I got, I don't know, I feel like I, someone was looking out for me, man. I'm not a very religious dude, you know, um, but someone was looking out for me, man, because I could, I could think, (laughs) I could think of several scenarios that, uh, you know, my life could have gone completely different, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, all it would take was one decision on one individual at a specific moment. And my life could have gone completely sideways, man. So and yeah, that definitely that you bring up a good point because I recall growing up, you know, if you remember back in in the nineties, like North Face was a thing and Tim's yeah. were a thing and Averex yeah. jackets were a thing. And so oh, wow. yeah, yeah. you you like, how do I get these things? I don't have a job, right? So yeah. I'm sixteen, whatever. I don't have money, but I got a friend who's offering me to jump in with him on this venture and sell a few bricks of weed or do whatever. And in the short term, it's appealing. It's like, damn, man, I I could sell some of this with this dude and and make some money. But like yourself, for me at the time, I'm like, I have bigger plans. I've always wanted to join the military when I was a kid. You got Fleet Week in New York. You see the sailors running around and stuff. Yeah. I really wanted to join the Navy initially. That's what I wanted to do. Uh-huh. So whenever friends would propose things like that, well, friends, you know, right? Like yeah, people yeah, you grew yeah. up with. Friends, right? <laughs> like, um, no, I'm good. No, I'm good. And, and thankfully, I did not make those decisions because they could have, sure, you could could have gotten away with it. But at the same time, you get caught and you hit 
no matter how smart you are, no matter how much potential you might have, you're no. screwed now because now you have a criminal record. Now you got. Well, not to and, mention what getting locked up does, right? Now you get locked up. Now you're in there, and you got to do what you got to do to survive in there. You know, right? And, and that's, that's what I, I watched all the males in my family do. They, you know, they all they all went to prison, and in fact, a lot of them had to align themselves, like you said, not to name groups or sets or anything. Yeah, of course, of course. You have to align yourself with someone. You can figure it out. You're a Puerto yeah. Rican. Of course. What group? Course. You're going to only <laughs> join certain groups. <laughs> so yeah. It's like, yeah. Well, sort of there, you know, yeah, yeah. Those are not the things that in hindsight, I'm like, I'm glad I didn't do that. But when you're a teenager, you're like, dang, I would like to join that stuff. There were times where I was like, man, I'm, I would like to go. I'd go with family to some of their meetings and stuff. And it's like, man, this looks cool. Like you guys have like a, a fellowship, right? Like yeah. You're all cool. You look the numbers each other. You are huge. I used to see family. the meetings. I see the yeah, meetings too, man. Me, and the man. numbers were huge. The, the amount of people that were going there. Right. And My family would always tell me, this is not for you. Mm. you you're actually smart. You read books. <laughs> you have potential we won't even vouch for you to join this stuff. I had a similar thing with a, a, a chapter leader. He, 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 he was the one who blocked me. He was mad, man. He slapped me up and, and, uh, you know, but in hindsight, probably saved my life because that he embraced me and said, yeah, man, come on in. I'm sure I wouldn't be here. I wouldn't be where I'm at right now, you know, with a four pound cute dog, you know, I'd probably, you know, <laughs> Yeah, I know, man. And and it, it's tough when you're in the midst of that, when you're living that life, because yeah. in New York City at the time, no one was out there telling us about the opportunities that are out in the world. I just realized a few years ago, really, when I, when I ran the numbers, I, I did the math on, went on Google Maps, and I'm like, hey, where's West Point? West Point is 50 minutes from where I grew up, a, a military academy. So can you imagine if those types of opportunities were available mm. for us growing up in the city? No one told us about anything like that because I, I think that in many cases, people don't even think that that area can generate that type of person that can go on to succeed in, in those right. professions. And then the people who try, we ostracize them ourselves yeah, because, you know, do. we don't know better. We just don't know better. We just, we're trying to, you know, when you're in the midst of that, when I think back to it now, I don't even know how I survived it. Right. But all you're trying to do is survive. Mm -hmm. You know, that's all you're trying to do. I, I equate going to school back then to prison surviving in a prison scenario now it's not prison but that's what it felt like when i go to the yard you know if i walked in certain parts <laughs> yo if i walked through certain parts i had bottles launched at me you know like like i had people chasing me with with all kinds of weapons just for walking in the wrong part of the yard in school bro so, so people people laugh at me when i tell them about my high school experience they, they laugh like they think I'm kidding. So I tell them, hey, my high school had more security than your average airport before 9-11. Because when I went to high school, I had to badge in, put my ID in. I had to put my bag through a metal detector. I had to get wanded down. And this is in 1994, 95. Mm -hmm. I started high school in 93. And they're like, why? And this is when I first joined the military. I would, you know, you share stories about back home. Yeah, and they're like, yeah, wow, yeah. that's crazy. Like now, that's what you go through at an airport. That was my high school experience. I wasn't even an adult. So it just shows, like you said, yeah. the degree of violence, the degree of distraction that you experience. How the fuck are you going to learn when you're going to a place of education and the first thing you encounter is a metal detector? Because it's too violent. They got to make sure you can't do, bro, I used to sneak in razor blades in my mouth. And yeah. it's not because I was trying to fight with people. It's because you need a razor blade to protect yourself. Yeah. That, that was how I was. And, and that's another thing. 
That's another thing that I wonder how the hell like I was I was pretty good at it back then. I'd never do that now. I'd be yeah, terrified well, to do that now, bro. But when but you I, look at the the gangs that were out there, so in my high school there were the which were I never heard of that one. Okay. And they just stuck together and they're always beating people up and shit. And it's like, damn man, here we go. So that that's sad. So when you have that environment, then of course you're not gonna have people who want to go to become military officers or, or you'll have very few people because they're basically just trying to survive. They're not concerned yeah. with the yeah. the beyond. They're like yeah. I'm not gonna get, get stabbed tomorrow. I'm not gonna get jacked up, and you know it's crazy because that's oh, when wow. I think about it. It's all about it's all about you just trying to you just trying to survive, and and it's it's a sad state of affairs, man. I I think back to it, and I'm like, I don't I don't know how the hell I navigated that. I did, I survived it. I was in it. I was in the midst of it. But when I think of it now, and I think of myself in that situation, it freaks me out, man. You know. Well, you it, you did, but let's think about for every one of you, there's probably nine who did not. Whether they went to jail, whether they got killed, whether they became bums on the street, there's just so many people who were not able to yeah. make it through those experiences. And it's not their fault. Yeah. It's just the way it was, you know? Think about the guys you grew up with. How many of them are doing well? Yeah, just, just I can like. Think of a few. Yeah, I can think of a handful, but not all yeah, of them. Same, definitely yeah, same. not all of them. Yeah, no, it's about a handful, like you said. Just my core group, my core group of friends, the ones who were like my real friends, like those guys. Yeah. A handful, not even, not even a handful, and the majority, and you, you know, ended up in different places. Yeah, like so. So you said you were a nerd. You probably hung out with nerds, right? Yeah, my little nerd crew, so, bro. So I, bro, I hung out with thugs. I hung out because that's what I was surrounded by. I was an undercover nerd. I didn't tell wow. people. Yeah, I like reading books at home and shit. Mm. It was with I hung out with the with the the dudes who like punching people in the face and doing crazy shit. So those guys, I don't even I lost touch with all of them because mm. again, you don't you're not gonna stay connected to people that don't help to elevate you or are not right. a positive influence in your life so for yeah. me it was like no man I, uh, sometimes i'll go on facebook and look up the names to see if they pop up just out of curiosity but i've yeah. lost touch with, with all of them because they they had different priorities in life yeah yeah these are people you know you grew up with man so i had one of those guys one time tell me that i thought i was better than him He's like, you know, you think you're better than we are. You think you're better than us. You think you're too good to see us. And I'm like, dude, if if you want to meet and go to the city and grab a meal, I'd love to. But I, I can't go stand in the corner. Can't do that. Exactly. You know, you know? Gonna, yeah. You got time that you, time management. You have things you have to do. Well, <laughs> like I also don't want to catch help. a, you know, I, <laughs> last, last time I saw my man, he had a gun hidden in his back, you know. So I don't want to catch your bullet either. You know what I'm saying? Leave the gun at home. <laughs> Come meet me for some vegan, <laughs> some vegan uh, Thai food, and we can have a nice meal and talk and not worry. But if you know, if you're asking me to come stand in the corner in front of the building, I can't do that. And and you know, it's just because I don't feel safe. And, you know? and they take it the wrong way. They take it as you. Oh, you think you're better. You you better. Oh, you think you're better. You now you're up. You high class. You no man. I want to spend time with you. You're my boy, man. We grew up together. I just don't want to be in that environment. Let's go to a safe, yeah. neutral environment yep. where, where nobody's trying to kill you or rob <laughs> you, right? Because they're, they're doing things that aren't savory. So just leave the thing at home, right? Leave the business at home. Get on the train. Come out to the city where no one knows you. And let's kick it, man, as, as friends. And we just break bread together. But yep. I can't go into the... I don't. I, I'm trying to watch my how I, I did um, how I call things, but I can't go into your turf where you have enemies and you have business dealings and you're doing your thing, mm -hmm. and maybe get swept up in that. It happened to me once. I ended up against the wall. I was coming home from school. I wasn't even uh, doing nothing. I just stopped uh, by to greet a friend and boop, boop, you know, and and we're uh, all up against the wall. 
Those dudes thought that the cops were saying that I was the guy bringing it to them to sell. Oh my gosh. That reminds me of a story <laughs> of one time I was, I was in high school and I was on the Grand Concourse and I ran into this kid who I actually knew from third grade in 114. So what, CES 114 on, on Jerome Avenue, the school that's down on Jerome Avenue. That's the elementary hmm. school I went to. It's Jerome uh-huh. and Shakespeare, if you're familiar. So I, I knew this kid from from there when I was in school there, and he's an Ecuadorian kid, and I'm just catching up with him. for Grand Concourse and Grand View, if, you, if you're familiar with, you probably know where it's at. Grand View and Grand Concourse, past 167. And okay. some rando, random dude comes up to him, and he just starts going in starts cursing him out and I'm just talking to him so I'm like what the hell's going on so dude's like saying some shit and then he just freaking reaches back and smacks the shit out of him and the kid I was talking to I'm like are you gonna defend yourself I'm kind of just standing there because again it's not my problem it's not my business so you don't know what's going on I don't know yeah. what the fuck's going on, so I'm not going to jump in and defend you. And he just kind of touches his face, and I'm like, oh, I guess I guess that's my cue. I'm like, all right, bro, I'll see you later. <laughs> and I'll walk <laughs> away. Because, like you said, you don't know what's going on in people's yeah. world. Well, if he took the slap, <clears throat> if he took the slap, that guy must, you know, have something over him. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know. Owes him money or who knows? I don't yeah. want to know. Yeah, for business. sure. I'm just like, all right, bro. Peace. Yeah. <laughs> Howdy. <laughs> Deuces. Defend yourself next time, man. Cause, but, yeah, that, that's the problem. You you encounter these dudes, you go back home, and you don't know what kind of baggage or drama they yeah. have. So you could be walking into a very bad situation sometimes. Yeah. Like, hey, hey, man. Like, you know, I, I, I visit my mom and she's still in the Bronx and, uh, you know, I'm walking with my son and, you know, he sees these cats come over to me and giving me pot. Hey, what's up, brother? Hey, como esta, loco? Que lo que? And just real quick, what's up? You know, all good. Mi mamá está ahí, tranquila, todo bien. Tú sabes que nosotros lo velamos. And I keep it pushing. And my son was like, yo, pops, man, you know those guys? Because he was scared. He, he saw a bunch of dudes approaching me. He thought we were about to get, you know, yeah <laughs> he doesn't know he doesn't know that they know me or that you know and he just got kind of scared and i was like nah these are cats i grew up with but you notice i keep it quick you know what's up bro que lo que hay? Bueno, que aguantando frío, but, and keep yeah, it pushing right. you know because i i don't know what they into if you're sitting in front of a building and you're hanging out in front of the building I, I you know i just i don't want to get caught up in anybody's mess man you, you, you minimize know? your your exposure it's yeah. like hey i'm i'm cool I'll greet you and yeah. I'll keep going. Give you, give you pound and say, what's up, bro? It's kind of just real quick and, and, and you know, go about my business. So he was like, he was surprised because I, I keep telling him, I'm like, you don't know what we grew up with. You know, yeah. I, you know, it was my job to shield you from that. You and know, that, that's another thing. So it just reminds me of a, a funny, funny moment I had after being in the Air Force for a few years and, and going home to visit. So, you know, the block changes, like there's new faces. And yeah, a lot yeah, of the yeah. people you grew up with, they're just not there anymore. So I remember running into one person and they're like, yeah, man, so how's the military? I'm like, that's cool. You know, how's the Navy? It's like, I'm not in the Navy, I'm in the Air Force. All right, cool, cool. They're like, damn, man, you sound white, bro. It's <laughs> like, what? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, they're like, you sound white. And I'm like, I'm not sure what you mean. And they're like, well, yeah, you just sound like different. I'm like, okay, if you mean that I am communicating clearly, then yes, you're right. But I'm not going to talk the way we used to talk on the block. Like, it's okay to keep my accent and all that. But, dude, I can't be in the military using the N word acting a fool. Yeah. yeah that it's a different environment and things they don't understand so when they 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 see you speaking a certain way or acting a certain way they internalize it and they think that you think you're better than them it's like no bro this is how 
we learn to function outside of this world because I can't operate the way I operate on the block in the world. That, mm. That's a recipe for failure. You can't be that way. <laughs> you gotta, you gotta be a little more, I would say decent, frankly, because you're not on the street. You're gonna talk the way you do on the street. Yeah. You see that, that you got from your boy that time, I'd been getting since I was a kid. You talk white. You talk white. You talk white. And then it's what, you know, got me uh, abused a lot growing up. You know, plus, again, look at how I look. So the way I spoke, the way I look, it was a recipe for, you know, uh, being a, a target, you know, mm -hmm. a lot growing up, you know. Um, and that's that's the thing. You're trying to do the right thing. You're trying to go to school. You're trying to get your education. And you're constantly being, you know, I actually dropped out of high school, bro. I didn't even finish high school. I dropped out, but not because of academics, because of violence. Mm -hmm. You know, I got out to, to escape the violence and everybody was surprised because I was a straight A student. So when I go into the guidance counselor and I say, you know, I'm not coming back. And the, what do you mean? You look at your grades. And then I was like, you don't understand. You know, I, I'm going to blow my own brains out. You know, like, like that's kind of like, like where you're at because you're just, you know, you're just so tormented. So I'll probably, uh, I'll edit that part out. <laughs> you know, I'll edit that out. Uh, I would probably hurt myself. Me, you know. Yeah, of course, because it wasn't. Again, it wasn't a productive environment for you to achieve anything. There's too many distractions, like not good ones. Yeah. Well, it was, it was, for me, it was just a straight up violence, man. And when I talk to people about it, they think it's like bullying. Like somebody said, give me your lunch. It's like, no, nah, man, it wasn't it, like that. I, I tell them it's I remember times where they would have the police tape because someone got slashed. Somebody got a buck 50 and it's like, damn, who got cut? Who got their face open? That was just the way it was because people... I wouldn't even say that they're crazy. They, it's just the the lifestyle at the time. People people thought that that was the answer to their problems. Let me let me use violence to deal with this dude because he doesn't agree with me. Yeah, we had a disagreement. <laughs> I have to, I have to cut him. It's just what it is. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. And you 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 know it was just a survival mechanism. You know, I don't think we're inherently violent or we want to, you know, we just, you're trying to survive and that's all yeah. it is. You know, most people um, don't have that, that um, uh, forward thinking to say, this is going to affect me in the future. You just want to live in that moment they and survive. They don't have that internal, I would say that internal governor, right? That internal thing that's keeping you from making those impulsive decisions. Because that's what mm -hmm. they are. It's not like they sit at home and they plan it out. And they're like, yeah, I'm going to go mm -hmm. to school and cut this dude's face open. It's usually an act of passion. It's like, oh, this dude pissed me off. Yeah, he disrespect me. He make me look bad. Yeah. Now everybody's waiting to see what I do. Yeah, well, that's exactly it. What, what did yeah. you do? Oh, you didn't do anything? Oh, you you a sucker. You know, and then yeah. you're, you're, and that's what happened to me, you know? That's exactly what happened to me. I never did anything overly violent. And then just like, oh, he's a sucker. He's an easy one, you know? And then the, the time, yeah. And then the times where I did fight, I get jumped, you know? So it was just like, you know, there was this one dude, I, I remember his name too, I'm not going to say it, but he used to always mess with me. And uh, I started whooping him, man. I got fed up one day. I started whooping him. Pop, pop. I'm whooping this guy. And his friends saw it. Then they came and jumped me. So that's usually how it is, yeah. Well, you you know, I look back on that man, and I'm like, you know, he's the real sucker, because he now he walks around the rest of his life knowing that he was getting whooped by the nerd, and his friends had to save him. Yeah. You know, maybe at that moment they made him look good by making it look like I got jumped, but the fact of the matter was, you were getting beat up by the nerd, and your friends had to come save you. You the sucker, you know. It's, but that's unfortunately, I still got the whooping. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, you're here today, man. It's part of what makes you who you are. It's yeah, for sure. It, 
some people, like I said, don't necessarily make it through those situations. But you got to find the silver lining because it, it makes you who you are. It's like scar tissue, right? Yeah, that's that's right, man. Bro, I've kept you on quite a while, man. It's it's been a it's been a pleasure chatting with you, dude. Yeah, bro, for yeah. sure, for sure. It's been yeah, a it's... good time. Hopefully, I don't mind like catching up again, or it's good to to reminisce. You know, nostalgia is always good. Yeah, man. It's, you know, yeah. Not a lot of people. I mean. I don't know if you encountered the same thing that we have around each other can relate. So it's cool to talk to people who share, you know, your, your history, you know, sure, yeah. yeah. The people I work with, they don't, they don't you know, they don't know what's They're like from Jersey or Connecticut, or yeah, you know, yeah, or, or Britain or whatever, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, it was good catching up though. Good. Um, yeah. You know, I don't, I don't, I, I can talk to my wife about it, but at some point she's just like, all right, I'm tired of hearing your story. <laughs> they start to repeat. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right, bro. Take it easy and yeah, let's stay in touch, bro. Yeah, no doubt, brother. Thanks for taking the time, man. I'm sure my sister yeah. will enjoy it because, you know, she hadn't, I don't know if you guys stayed, stayed in touch often, but, you know. We haven't yeah. talked in a long time. It's been a while, yeah. but yeah. Yeah, so she'll, I'm sure she'll watch. You know, it's like, oh, shit, it's my brother and one of my old friends, you know. So that's what's yeah. up, bro. Yeah, yeah, man. All right, brother. Right, suave. Cuídate. Gracias. Take it easy. All right, All right. man. Cuídate. Right. Peace, homie. Bye. You are listening to the NYC Talking Podcast, www.nyctalking.com. Please like NYC Talking on Facebook. Please follow Angel R. Talk on Twitter and Instagram. We are NYC Talking, the realest lifestyle blog ever. Thanks for listening.